Hey there, this is Joy Garingo from the company Cebu, one of the co-moderators of Startup Island PH's Startup Talks. In case you missed the episode on Facebook, we have made this available for you on podcast format. I hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, good afternoon and welcome to Startup Talks. This afternoon we have invited someone from Jakarta and he is going to be speaking about his experience as a startup founder and now he's also a startup investor. So we hope to dig more into that um, this afternoon. I'm Joy Garingo, I'm from the company Cebu, a co-working space based in Japan which has a lot of branches all over the world and I will be co-hosting with Vince Loremia who is also a startup founder himself. Um, and we are doing this in um, partnership with the Department of Trade and Industry, the Cleaning Lead team, who's also based in Australia, and of course, the company Cebu. Um, so hi, Vince. Um, let's welcome uh, my co-host, Vince. Hi, Vince. How are you? Hi, guys. It's another Friday for you all. Uh, this is another exciting guest. We have a guest from a uh, previous colleague in Joyful Frog Digital Incubator in uh, Singapore, but he's based in Jakarta, guys. So listen to him. He's full of knowledge, actually. Yes, and that's the reason why we invited him this afternoon. So let us all welcome Mr. Rama Manusama, the co-founder and uh, one of the investors and the managing partners of Catalyst Partners. And he's also the director and the investor of Panimas, and he will be telling us more about the other startups and the other companies that he's involved in. Hi, Rama. How are you? Hi, Joy. I'm, I'm good. Thanks for inviting me to the call. Yes, of yeah. course. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Um, so before we go further, can you tell us about yourself and the companies that you're working in right now? Sure, sure. So, yeah, as, uh, as mentioned before, I'm, I'm Rama. I'm based in Jakarta. So I, I'd say um, I, I've quite some history doing quite different things until getting where I'm get where I am right now. So basically, I started my career in in finance. Uh, back then, was in the Netherlands, uh, doing some corporate career for a while, and then I realized that hey, you know, like um, this is not really what I want to do for the rest of my life. And uh, as usual, like you you start doing something completely different. And then, uh, yeah, I started my, let's say, the first uh, journey into, into the startup world. Back then, uh, I decided to return to Indonesia and, let's say, uh, secured a uh, uh, very small investment back then. Because back then in 2013, 2014, it was very hard to find funding for startup. Like, I mean, when you, when you, when you have ideas and then you go to investors, especially Indonesian investors, and then, okay, this is like the new type of business. Uh, you know, it's not going to make massive profit right away. We're going to be uh, selling a minority of equity for this. Like, uh, you know, like <laughs> most of the yeah. people were in natural resources, like in palm oil or in coal mining back then. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember when I returned. Uh, so, yeah, I started uh, at a uh, startup before. And uh, I think uh, that's how I met uh, Vince. Uh, uh, back then, because uh, both of our startups were admitted to this program in Singapore called uh, GFDI, I think it was one of the one of the first accelerator program as well. And now there's so many, like, but back then uh, they were one of the uh, pioneers. Uh, and not there anymore right now, but back then it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was quite, a, let's say, a small ecosystem. Everybody knows everyone, right? So, so yeah, moved to Singapore, let's say, for half a year and a bit more and, and yeah, spend lots of time with Finns and some of our other friends. I think the, uh, that's, that's quite an exciting period, like learning lots of new things and, and, and understanding the startup world from a different perspective, especially, you know, like maybe there's something that we're going to talk about in this talk, uh, uh, staying in Singapore, like, and, and, and Singapore has lots of investors from outside Singapore, let's say from... Mm. America from Europe or something uh, or Japan who goes mm-hmm. to Singapore uh, looking at the Southeast Asia regional market right but mm-hmm. uh, when when they arrive in Singapore I just found out hey you know like uh, Singapore is just a totally different <laughs> it's not like uh, it's not just one big country uh, Southeast Asia is not like one big country like it's it's so many different countries so different from each other, separated by seas, right? so, especially Philippines. So not so far from from the from from from, from the rest of the let's say the mainland over there, like Thailand. And, and the most people are familiar about, even Indonesia back then, it was, 
I think I think I think I think uh, what strikes me back then was that many, especially the the, the non uh, Southeast Asian investors, uh, even even the local Singaporean investors, they, they uh, of course you look at the number. Indonesia is a big country, big economy. You got Philippines, Vietnam, the bigger Southeast Asian countries, but uh, but it's just uh, it's it's so alien, like it's so foreign, even though you are in the middle of the region, right? Mm-hmm. And and it was it was quite eye opening because uh, I spent uh, uh, most of my uh, professional career in Europe, like which is fairly uh, integrated, even though the countries are so different. But it's it's so, you know, you can say you're going to EU market, which is a single market, and it's so smooth the integration. And mm-hmm. Southeast Asia, I think going there, but of course it's more uh, fragmented. Uh, but uh, I uh, as a startup founder, I stay in Indonesia most of the time, and 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 never really raise funds outside Indonesia. And when I was there uh, in Singapore, uh, uh, it's just uh, an outsider view is totally different. Like an outsider view is totally different. And of course, you start looking at the numbers, but once you go to the ground, then, then of course, it's a totally different story, right? Mm. And long story short, uh, unfortunately, my startup didn't fare well. <laughs> so I, I had to close it down uh, uh, because of many reasons. Uh, in uh, After a year uh, operating, I think we ran out of funds and I decided, okay, then I think it's time to to pull the plug and do something else. I um, and then I I came back to corporate world. I I, I joined uh, MDI Ventures, the mm-hmm. venture capital arm of uh, Telkom Indonesia. Back then, it was the uh, I was I was I'd say um, I was there since the start, so it was uh, I was one of the founding employees like mm-hmm. back then. And then uh, which my one of my investors happened to be my boss in MBI, Nico Nico. And, uh, and and so so yeah, it was quite interesting as well because it's a corporate venture capital founded by a state-owned enterprise, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, if you look at how uh, when I came back to Indonesia 2013, it's so hard to find venture capital investor from 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 rich Indonesian uh, uh, individuals and corporations. Mm-hmm. And now uh, and then fast forward a bit to 2015, late 2015, um, I was. Uh, Working with a state-owned company, which is of course state-owned, you know, like state-owned. and then uh, uh, just uh, but 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 setting up a new venture capital arm, and it was uh, let's say bigger than most of other funds back then. It was two hundred million dollar, mm-hmm. and and it was a big leap in the ecosystem, right? Uh, before mm-hmm. it's and almost no investors. I know the government through uh, <laughs> through a state-owned company uh, is well, not the government technically, it's a company, but owned mostly by the government. Investing in the in the in the in the startup ecosystem, everything end to end from the incubation up into late stage, uh, sorry, growth stage. We even invested in 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 Silicon Valley for companies mm-hmm. that have um, relevance in the Indonesian market. Mm-hmm. And and shortly after that, uh, other state-owned companies started their own ZVC arm, and mm-hmm. and and suddenly Indonesia becomes a totally different world. I think as you, uh, I'm not sure how outsiders see this, but but I I was there when. When there was no startup ecosystem in Indonesia, uh, it's not like Thailand, which is very developed, I think, back then mm-hmm. or Singapore. But suddenly, Indonesia becomes the star of the region, you know, all of a sudden, and then and then unicorns just popping up everywhere, and people just don't know what's going on anymore. You know, like, <laughs> even I don't know what's going on anymore. Right? <laughs> like so raising for one million dollar, and then and then it becomes a crazy ecosystem. But it happens a fair, with a very short time, I think. Back then, the trigger was that uh, when when Sequoia invested in Tokopedia and then Gojek. Um, Mm-hmm. I think the I think that is the the turning point, and after that, uh, money just start pouring to the region and the mm-hmm. local money as well, the mm-hmm. the conglomerates and the and the state-owned enterprises start mm-hmm. uh, investing, right? And then uh, I think I learned a lot during that period because uh, because yeah, back then I was uh, basically a, a venture capital investor, but for a, a unique type of LP, right? Behind my back, mm-hmm. uh, it's a gaffer, it's a, it's a very bureaucratic organization which is transforming. Quickly, of course, which uh, then our role is not only to help the startup grow, but also help our parent company to transform by learning mm-hmm. from the new ways of doing business, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's lots of things that change in the in the perspective of parent company. So I learned that investing is also learning. Like when you're a uh, when you're a, a rich corporation like that, and then uh, want to invest in startup, uh, the biggest value is actually not from the not only from the capital gain, but from the learnings they got mm-hmm. from investing in these startups. And of course, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, so I I did a decision to to resign a couple of years after working, and I became mostly a freelance consultant. So I helped 
couple of corporations in their digital transformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly state-owned again. <laughs> I think become an and intentionally became my specialization back then. I I help uh, Pegadaian. Pegadaian is the in Indonesia is kind of unique in a way that we have uh, you know pawn brokers normally a, a small company mm-hmm. right. Maybe in Philippines mm-hmm. it's a bit different as well. Like, but in the U.S. normally it's mom and pop, but in Indonesia it's a state-owned giant. <laughs> we have uh, one of the biggest state-owned uh, one of the biggest pawn broker in the world is uh, Pegadaian, which is a government-owned hundred percent. And uh, basically, um, I was helping advising them, advising the CLFs on 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 doing the digital transformation, and helping the team as well to to set up their transformation office, hiring and setting up the agile work, way of working, partnership with startups, all these kind of things. So so yeah, I, I did I did mostly freelance stuff at the time, and then uh, after that, I decided that hey, you know, like um, I think something that I really wanted to do since I was in university is that you know, like uh, doing a business that delivers a good. Uh, value for society and for uh, the environment right and doing something mm-hmm. good but also you know mm-hmm. like still i still need to make money and <laughs> right now mm-hmm. at the same time and then uh, the rise of impact investment especially in climate in yeah. climate mm-hmm. uh, related funding is very uh, i think the timing is is, is very spot on right now mm-hmm. so Perfect. i started uh, catalyst at this partner which is basically a boutique uh, impact investment and advisory uh, firm so we uh, do mostly with the advisory type of deal. So we work with um, companies that are in the impact space and help them raise funds. And mm. we also help to build the build the the, the company to to uh, from a business development perspective as well. And then, um, uh, uh, but mostly, I think uh, going forward after starting Catalyst, I've seen that most of the most of the opportunities are in the climate related uh, space, right? Even I know anything is is affected by climate like in agriculture for example mm-hmm. uh result of climate change is that um, the productivity uh goes down uh, failure goes up so new technologies mm-hmm. and ways of working is needed to, mm-hmm. to to reduce the impact uh to increase the resilience but not only that but uh, new ways of doing agriculture is also needed because mm-hmm. otherwise then uh, we're degrading the soil and then deforesting the, mm-hmm. the forest and, and it's not gonna be good uh, so so yeah these kind of stuff are, are my main thing right now but but of mm-hmm. course, the um, uh, uh, talking about technology sector is that it's, it's been always what I, where I came from. So in Catalyst, I'm the person who deals mostly with the technology type of deal, mm-hmm. and my other partners maybe came from a, a more investment banking and private equity uh, backgrounds, and 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 yeah, we basically combine our expertise together. Right? So that's that's pretty much it. Pretty much my story so far. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic journey, my brother. <laughs> Thanks, man. So how did you transition from being an entrepreneur to being an investor? Because these are two different types of Very hats. different, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's also so searching, right? So searching. I mean, uh, investor, I didn't start it with my own money. Like, I didn't start it with <laughs> investor. It's also, you know, man, you can, uh, if you're a fund, then you do, uh, of course, when, once you start building the fund, then, you, then I started doing our own uh, fund as well. But I didn't start doing that, so basically... Uh, what I found was that uh, I think I think I think being uh, uh, starting being an investor is an entrepreneurial uh, journey as well because basically mm-hmm. you're building a vehicle that invests, right? A vehicle that invests that 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 needs other people's money as well. <laughs> so uh, not really like a fund, proper fund, but let's say a vanilla venture capital fund is basically mm-hmm. other people's money. Like the uh, the GP only puts like maybe a maximum ten percent, normally only one percent of the entire fund. Uh, mm-hmm. Normally, a starting fund of a new VC when they start, it's like oh, let's say ten million dollar fund. The, the the investor, the GP, put ten k, uh, mm-hmm. which he might he might get from other investors as well. <laughs> if it's a new, mm-hmm. uh, you can you can be investor as an, uh, approach it from an entrepreneurial angle. That's a uh, uh, a point, right? And then uh, from there, and then you raise funds, and then use your expertise, uh, understanding uh, by understanding the the. Your understanding track record of understanding. Well, I, I did investors as uh, as an employee before, like when I was working for venture capital. I yeah. for MDI, I was I was doing investment activities, but not not as investor myself, like as as uh, as as as, uh, as an employee, right? as a professional. Mm-hmm. And then I just have to transition that into starting putting my own money uh, gradually, but also. But also managing other investors' money um, using our professional capabilities, mm-hmm. and I think I think I think uh, I found out that that after you know because I, I tried I've been in the startup side 
if I simplify, yeah. let's say just talking about the venture capital type of deals, then I was in uh, startup founder like when when we met Vince, and then after that yeah. I. Let's say I was a, I was a failed startup founder like after a while, but of course failure is a process like and then mm-hmm. uh, and then use that process to be an uh, venture capital professional, which of course uh, uh, an interesting case because back then there was no the industry was non-existent like nobody knows uh, venture capital right and then usually mm-hmm. people who join venture capital firms are either consultants, uh, mm-hmm. not so many investment investment bankers back then, but mostly. People like me, you know, like, who did some, uh, who learned it uh, in the tough way in the startup world, and then, and then uh, actually being part of GFDI is a good track record because, because mm-hmm. I've seen other, I've seen our process, like I've seen how GFDI manage everything, I've seen uh, mm-hmm. the success stories and and uh, not so success story, but you know, investors mm-hmm. always on the portfolio level, right? After that, I found out that I'm a I'm a person who has so many different interests, and mm-hmm. to focus doing one thing only uh, in one business is uh, not really something that that really excites me for the long term but mm-hmm. of course you need to focus like so but uh, lucky enough there's uh, being an investor as a professional investor uh, yeah. being venture capital of course as being professional you're doing investment activities professionally right mm-hmm. allows you to do lots of different things to be exp- exposed in many different startups different mm-hmm. types of project while mm-hmm. focusing at the at the function at the same time because the function itself is diverse it's like being a consultant being an investment banker is basically a function it's a focus mm-hmm. function but the deals are, you can have many deals underneath right it allows mm-hmm. you to explore many things and i think i think it's just a, a self uh, reflection i found out that that i'm a more of different that kind of person instead of the more deep and then and then and then and then let's say deep into one because back then for example i did my startup was Vikasa, right and then mm-hmm. uh, it was education technology uh it's really focused on education technology mm-hmm. uh but as a venture capital i have to learn everything but not i, I cannot be too deep like involved in operations i think mm-hmm. i like it better so when i when i return to be an entrepreneur again i choose to be the investor type of entrepreneur which of course mm-hmm. using um, we uh, we use our own money right but uh, but but uh, since we're doing it professionally we want to leverage it like I can use my own money but I don't but maybe my investment uh, probability will be very limited because I'm not rich mm-hmm. right but but uh, by uh, by using the professional capability to attract more bigger mm-hmm. funds mostly institutional and high net worth because mm-hmm. of course they they would rather have somebody else do this right. And then mm. that 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 actually uh, that's actually a better model for a person like me, who's more yeah. let's say uh, more attracted in 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 broad type of activities, but within the the, the framework of being an an, an investor, right? Um, by 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 spotting the right deal and then and then mm. putting the money where the where money should be put and constructing the portfolio. So yeah. that is that is basically it's of course a matter of preference. Like I know some people are gets very uh, they, got, yeah, they get very restless being in this chair because you always see it from a helicopter view but you cannot mm-hmm. really go down like some people just want to get their hands dirty and mm-hmm. do the the actual uh, operations and of course this is not this is not yeah. going to be fulfilling <laughs> and and mm-hmm. also not uh, fulfilling and, and and also the the type of strength and weaknesses you have uh, professionally right whereas me i think i'm more of a uh, 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 more of a connecting the dots type of person, strategic thinking and deal making, but mm-hmm. not so much on the operation type of person. I tried that, and then apparently I I, I could go as far <laughs> mm-hmm. if I do that, and and it's not really something that that I I, I really enjoy doing in the long term. But this one I really I really love doing this. So so mm-hmm. so that's that's pretty much my journey. Like so 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 yeah, being 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 investor. Uh, there are two types. Like I mean, someone that already have lots of money to invest themselves, like angel investor or high net worth, but 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 uh, venture capital or like some uh, a company like me, which is sits in between, like mm-hmm. like catalyst. Basically, we are uh, we are we're sitting be- between the 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 big 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 investors and the deals. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So you are so, really yeah. a connector between the startups who's wanting to get uh, money from big uh, companies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, we put also companies. our own money. Uh, not always. Sometimes we uh, there is a time when we just um, uh, facilitate the deal, but hmm. but sometimes we also put. But but again, the the the, the key is leverage. Like if we put our own money, then 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 it's not gonna be uh, the kicks not gonna be that big, right? 
So mm. we have to attract others as well. So, but mm. we got there first. Like, we, we took the first race, let's say. We took the mm. first race, and and uh, and and then of course the for talking about about valuation uh, model, then uh, then the valuation uh, multiplies when we race to the bigger investors. So we're mm. we're kind of like in the very very early uh, uh, spectrum. Uh, so how, how do you pick winners yeah. and losers? Like you you've seen a lot of deals, right? And yeah, once, yeah. And business design, models and yeah, industries. How do you pick those winners? Uh, I think something that I learned the hard way is that uh, the 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 first rule is always follow the money. So it's like mm. it's like it's like you know like if you are selling a product, then you have to make sure that the product has a demand first, like before you actually manufacture the product. Mm. And I think something that I learned the right way is uh, as an entrepreneur, and 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 of course I learned it as a uh, more open to that when I work as a venture capital professional. Yeah. Uh, the first thing is to follow the money. Like uh, we have to know uh, what the big uh, investors want, because right? once mm. the company get bigger, but they cannot mm. invest in in these uh, like, for example, the big PEs, like, I know, like KKR or something like, or, or like in public market, it's too mm. big. Like uh, if your company, uh, so it's like they they need they eventually need companies that are at that size. So mm. if we invest in in future companies that 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 can be invested by them, yeah, then. Mm. Uh, then it's a good way to uh, it's it's a I think it's the first thing to to do uh, mm. before looking at the of course and after that the team and everything the standard template right then which we learned at school <laughs> but but I think I think the follow the money is something that because it doesn't sound nice right but that's a reality right that that mm. you can have a very good execution very good product but if it's not if it's not uh, hot, like for example, education technology, what I did back then, it's not really attracting hot money like e-commerce, mm-hmm. and uh, it's hard to raise funds because because it's hard to uh, it's hard to find bigger fish. Like I mean, if you're pitching to VC, the VC is just someone in between. <laughs> the early stage seed VC, they they're just they always sell again to the bigger venture capital, right? And then if you're in the more traditional setup, then Maybe with private equity, and then private equity needs some exit. Like maybe they have to mm. sell it to public market or sell it to mm. to corporation, such corporation. Uh, so because uh, yeah, that's the biggest difference in private deal and public deal. Like in public deal, if you're an investor in the stock market, unless mm. you're a huge hedge fund that can control the company, you cannot control mm. the investment. So the analysis is the most important. But um, I think uh, like the private deal, like venture capital or uh, angel investment in the company. I, mm-hmm. I I saw invest personally in a juice startup, for example, called Kaya Juice in Indonesia. It's my personal investment outside the firm, mm-hmm. and uh, basically I can I can be part of the business as well. Like I can advise, I can help to introduce to the right people. So there is something mm-hmm. that I can control, you know, not control, but I can influence inside. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that is the second uh, that is the the second part of the equation. Like the first one is that uh, from from this to here. Uh, mm-hmm. What is the gap, and then how can I help this no. company to grow from here to here? But at least, uh, what I can advise is a direction, right? Direction mm-hmm. that would attract bigger investors. That what I could mm-hmm. advise. But uh, in terms of the operational capability, uh, I, I'm, I might be, might not be able to to give the best uh, contribution, right? Mm-hmm. And and also storytelling sometimes, like okay, then uh, there is a uh, there is a. Uh, they call it, for example, the 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 the, the juice 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 company. Like, but if it's just a juice, then then it's not very interesting. Like, but if we sell it, like what we're selling is basically healthy lifestyle. Then yeah. it becomes more interesting because healthy lifestyle is not only juice. It's basically uh, the the waste of the fruit can be processed into jam or can be processed into something else. And then the healthy lifestyle means that there might be some technologies we can use mm-hmm. to. To, to to maybe in the future to help the, the consumers to to improve their lifestyle mm. and then when the company becomes big uh, we know what kind of other brands to be acquired because there's mm. a, a clear uh, and then you know in the investor terms you know it increases the customer lifetime value right because mm. uh, you don't only buy the juice but you buy the other stuff right mm. and uh, and and then to make it more attractive in the, in the investor in the investor ecosystem what do we do what else we do and then um, Apparently, yes. there is something genuine that the company does, which is uh, proper waste management and also buying from with fair price from farmers. Mm-hmm. And fortunate, fortunate, very fortunately enough, the good, good intention is rewarded mm-hmm. by the by the current uh, investment climate because yeah. of the impact funds. Right? 
and that there is a story that uh, I think I think the the uh, a good investors always uh, be able to create. I mean, like investor in private market, like they be able yes. to to help uh, contribute to create the story. Like I, I I see this company differently, so I need to help mm-hmm. to create the story that would lift this company into something like this. Uh, something mm-hmm. that I cannot do is the execution. Execution is the founders. Of course, 80%, 90, 20, 99% is the founders' contribution. Like the, uh, it is just the support, right? But at least we can help with the direction, you know. Direction mm-hmm. and of course to sell to the investor again, like to 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 really um, uh, help with the fundraising and and so so. So investors also raise funds. Like even even back then when I when I was working for MDI, we we had bigger yeah. ticket size. But mm-hmm. we have to 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 pitch. We have to pitch also to 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 before the founders pitch. We have to 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 what they call that hustle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to hustle to bigger investors so they can invest in our portfolio company, right? And then and then right. and then so so I, I see the, the, the I see the dynamics as being entrepreneur as well, mm-hmm. but not the execution. <laughs> you know, not the execution. Mm-hmm. But but many yeah. many different. Or- Contribute, mm-hmm. but the day-to-day operations always. Yeah, it's it's always. Uh, it's, uh, normally, things get go wrong when the investor thinks they can do better than the entrepreneur and and try to meddle with the day-to-day and and of course mm-hmm. things things usually go wrong. Always <laughs> <laughs> go wrong. Well, it depends mm-hmm. like if the investor is has experience, but in tech, of course, them especially back then, nobody has experience. So so yeah, mm-hmm. if it's too much, then. Then it's not very really good. Like uh, uh, we call it, uh, uh, you, you know, like the um, uh, you 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 think you know, uh, but but need to be aware uh, where to draw the boundaries boundaries, and mm. that's why I think the selection of the team is very important. Like you need to be comfortable with the person team. Uh, of course, we make this mistake so many times. Like, but everybody make this mistake so many times. But but I think I think having the right team, especially early stage, like in the, in the later stage, man, maybe not as much, but because you can replace someone, like but. But in the very early stage, I think it's uh, everything is uh, is a team because uh, uh, you have to trust. Like if you're sitting on the board and not doing day to day, it's just trust uh, that you ha- that you can give to them, right? Right. And okay. even so really, it doesn't work. Right? Sorry? Yeah, it's interesting, Rama. You mentioned a while ago about Indonesia from being, uh, you know, like no VC at all. Right. Now right. they are hotbed. Or VCs in yeah, and I think it was just so true. And in a, a matter you know, of two years, right? Yeah, I think matter of yeah. not, not two years, I think five years. Uh, but uh, mm. can you pinpoint those elements and fundamentals uh, where Indonesia has the right things on why yeah. Indonesia has unicorns, and what can we or in the Philippines can learn from Indonesia? I think first of all, uh, I think every country is unique, right? Every country is unique, and uh, of course, I, I might not be the best person to speak about the Filipino ecosystem, but um, I, have, I can have an outsider view, right? Uh, did we invest in Philippine back then? I think we did, but I forgot. Oh, we did. I think a company called uh, what's it again? M Clinica or something back then. Yeah, we, we did invest in uh, in Philippine. Uh, I think I think this like uh, I think some being someone who witnessed witnessed the transformation and uh, of Indonesia. I think first of all, Indonesia is is has a huge domestic market, like because of a population. So I think I think that is the the macro uh, the starting point as a macro level. It's it's there, right? And then the second one, if you look at the macro, then then it's really uh, Indonesia uh, was and still still is a consumption driven economy, mm-hmm. uh, unlike uh, China, for example. China, of course, consumption driven, mm-hmm. but China has a huge production sector like that's why the biggest company in china one of the biggest back then like now it's a bit different back then was alibaba because mm-hmm. alibaba rides the wave of china being a production powerhouse right mm-hmm. indonesia is not like that we don't have a production house powerhouse we don't have the uh, the 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 human capital powerhouse like what india has and philippines has as well where we're lagging behind i think but we have more consumers. <laughs> okay, it sounds wrong, but but that's the that is something that 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 really drove I think the first. Uh, that's why the biggest unicorn in Asia is consumption different, right? But we also have lots of um, uh, labor labor forces like uh, informal labor, and I think uh, uh, that's why Gojek, Grab, and everything is, is gets really big from the Indonesian market, right? Um, because uh, we have such a huge informal sector. And that he, mm-hmm. uh, the digitalizing, standardizing those informal sector becomes an opportunity. So I think I think it's really back to that macro again, right? Um, uh, consumption and then 
and then now the the how they call that the, the informal sector and then of course once uh, people rise to the middle class they would need lots of services including financial services that's why again after that there are so many digital banks and peer-to-peer -peer lending they start uh, rising right uh, becoming the next wave of unicorn and then when people have money what they do they invest right and suddenly we have uh, now a, a stock investment platform unicorn <laughs> So it's really, it's really follow everything. And then Congrats. once this ecosystem becomes big, we need new supporting ecosystem like logistics and uh, different type of logistics that serve e-commerce. And mm -hmm. then uh, when the logistic grows big, and then means that they need to, they want to eat more, they want to get more fresh products because the, uh, the, the retail sector is growing. So agriculture needs to support that as well. Uh, people want different lifestyle. They want uh, doing coffee every day, so coffee shop could become a coffee unicorn in Indonesia. Right? Mm. So it's really, it's really back then again the, the the macro. I think Indonesia we are lucky to have that macro, but mm. but but again every country is different. Like I don't think uh, other country can replicate. You can, but I think I think the the for example Philippines as an interesting as an interesting from an international perspective it's very interesting. Like because it's a huge remittance economy, right? And yeah. then uh, also a very huge, uh, I think it's a human capital powerhouse as well. Uh, lots of mm. uh, engineering, we know that um, unfortunately we are picking up so in, in Asia, but, uh, but, but I think Philippines in, in terms of serving the, the overseas market is, is very developed. Like, uh, and then um, those kind of things. Uh, so I, th I, think, I think every country would, would focus on their uniqueness, right? And we see mm -hmm. that Grab, Grab is an interesting example. For example, they started in Malaysia. Malaysia I think Malaysia yeah. and Singapore, but, but but they would claim that their headquarters in Indonesia right, right now. <laughs> they're, 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 and they're, of course, the Indonesian market is, is, is way disproportionately bigger than their other markets, even mm. though it's not an Indonesian company beginning. But over here, they say it's in the Indonesian company, which, 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 well, technically correct because your operation headquarters here in Indonesia, right? <laughs> Indonesia, oh, wow. the, 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 uh, yeah, lots of, maybe not very professional, but lots of, uh, activities are are here uh well at least mm. it was on the news like uh, i don't know what's happening behind not the, but there was a news couple, couple of way back they're moving there but but it's because these kind of companies are cons consumption driven so mm. so the best way to start is here like indonesia right and and the same with with the early movers in in e-commerce for example all the rocket companies mm. like lazada and 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 Zalora and the rest uh, indonesia is the is the is the how do you call that the the launch pad right not the launch pad but the let's say what triggers such a huge transaction volume right mm -hmm. again because it's just pure numbers like pure numbers domestic market is uh, very well served and then always mm -hmm. the assumption is that if we can serve let's say almost half of Southeast Asia's population then it will be easier to expand to the others even though in reality uh, if you look at Indonesia it's also a very uh, decentralized archipelago. So it's not really easy to, to expand into the entire market. But, mm. but, but again, what makes it easier is that most of the population is concentrated in one island, in Jaffa. So mm -hmm. Jaffa alone is already uh, uh, so scaling up in Jaffa with better infrastructure gets easier. So I think, I think that's, that's the, all, all these dynamics, like uh, uh, the numbers, it's what make, make Indonesia uh, attractive, right? So, so most of the companies, I think, not most all of the companies, the large Indonesian tech companies, they are very domestic driven, right? Because that's uh, on the other extreme. You see, like uh, countries like Israel, for example, Israel only has like what, uh, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. five or something million population, mm -hmm. but has disproportionately very huge number of unicorn. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, because like yeah, they are really good in in R and D, right? And then uh, and all the companies are global and surfing the uh, global market. But 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 yeah, it's 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 different way, a different way of of mm. of, of, of building uh, based on the characteristic of the country, right? Mm. And I think you've mentioned something about um, state funded, right? State owned um, VC yeah. VCs. So I, I'd like to know if it's um, uh, being a startup. Is it being incentivized in Indonesia as well? Are there laws? Were there laws being um, uh, written during that time when Indonesia was already growing? What was um, like the legal infrastructure like? I think no, not really. I think I think back then uh, um, mm. there was, it's not really driven by by 
how do you call it? It's driven by policy, but not on the on the on the on the legal spectrum. Right? It's not by 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 introducing new bill or something. It's more mm. about uh, on the I think more on the executive side. The the but but I think I think I think it's um, I might be biased because I see I'm only see it from one perspective. Like I see it from a state-owned company perspective. In Indonesia, the state-owned companies. Let's say are quite independent, but not as independent as Singapore. In Singapore, it's different. Like the structure is like you have Temasek, DIC, and all these things, mm. holding companies, giant holding mm. companies. I'm not sure about how it's it in Philippines, but Indonesia is like that, and Singapore is like that. And then all the companies are under the holding company, so they mm. report to the to the Temaseks and the other software well funds as their shareholders. Uh, so it's less, uh, the the it's it's more operating more like a company. Like in Indonesia, it's kind of. Uh, somewhere in between, it's between a company that is market driven and uh, uh, let's say mm-hmm. a government agency, because the state-owned company in Indonesia reports to the Ministry of State-owned Enterprise and the Ministry of Finance at the same time. <laughs> so there are two, there are two, two governing bodies. They uh, got two, yeah, two, two, two objective. Let's say being a state-owned company, uh, the other is to serve a, 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 a how do you call that, like a public objective. Let's say right. Which is different depending on the company. Uh, some companies have more public service obligation than the others. Uh, I was in Telkom Indonesia back then, uh, which uh, were, of course, industries that, that were di- disrupted by digital transformation, right? So there's lots of projects in corporate transformation, and one of them is corporate venture capital. And then uh, when the project becomes successful, uh, the government starts to adopt that and then push it to the other state-owned companies. So. So let's say it, it happened in the company level, the company level that is sitting somewhere in between mm-hmm. the government and the, and the, and the industry, Sorry, right? Mm-hmm. But, but it's not really driven top down by the others because it's, it was very new, right? But once something is successful, the top down uh, approach works to, to, to scale that up, right? Because uh, yeah, it's too risky. Like if it's the first move is by top down, you know, like <laughs> you don't want to. And it's too micro back then. It was too small, like to to be noticed. Right? Uh, the the theme of back uh, the, the the development back then was infrastructure, mm-hmm. infrastructure development, which is of course very important. Like because all these uh, benefits that we enjoy is uh, would be possible without the infrastructure development. Right right, right now, for example, uh, before. You know, Indonesia, the biggest islands is Java, right? Java has two big city. One is Jakarta. The second big city is Surabaya, the eastern part of Java, close to Bali. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, if you want to drive all the way from, from Jakarta to, to Surabaya, you need to go through highway and then go to normal road highway again. But mm-hmm. since uh, last year, two years ago, actually, we could already drive. Uh, there's a, for the first time in history, it's connected by, by huge highway. And then mm-hmm. that, that makes uh, not only uh, driving, traveling easier, but sending goods is much faster and cheaper. Mm-hmm. And that triggers the, the e-commerce. Uh, uh, right now, for example, uh, there is a shortage of, of, of cooking oil in Indonesia. And mm-hmm. I couldn't find it in Jakarta. I could find it in the city, in the central Java, with only 5,000 rupiah, which is like, what, uh, $0.30 cent dollar. I can mm-hmm. I can use that. Uh, that's the delivery cost to deliver the cooking oil from. I just buy like five liter <laughs> bottle and then to deliver it from Yogyakarta and then yeah, without won't be possible without the highways, right? Without the the, the big highways. So so it's really the something that, that that I think I think we benefit a lot from the infrastructure uh, development as well. And then uh, and and the digital push from the government I think comes a bit later. Uh, what happens after the infrastructure is there? Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and also of course looking at the successes of the state-owned company investment. Now we have uh, now the the one of the biggest venture capital fund is also government uh, state-owned company. It's a it's a Meraputi fund, for example. It's a Meraputi is red and white. The flag. It's it's a it's a fund managed by uh, several state-owned companies, GP and mm-hmm. uh, and and but it's a late stage fund. And, so 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 yeah, it's it's there, but it takes time. It takes time because uh, uh, the structure is a bit different. Like Indonesia is not the really top down like China, right? But mm-hmm. but not really as decentralized as India, because we are uh, we are uh, we are not a federal republic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, president and democratic. Yeah. It's similar structure with the Philippines, I think. Mm-hmm. But I I felt like you have more government companies who's uh, actually running like a private company. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we lack of. We have GOCCs in the Philippines, but it's 
uh, actually bought by private companies right now. So there's some fewer government companies. Uh, I, I think there's the magic there. Um, right, right. You have more private companies in Philippines, yeah. like the large yeah. in Indonesia. I think the, the state-owned companies are, are everywhere, like, uh, I think. Yeah. But yeah. my next question to that is, uh, how did you felt when you were uh, actually in a state uh, government fund run uh, company than you know the usual uh, private fund from large corporations what differs between these two um uh, i think um, of course business function wise is the same right? but the difference is the dynamics inside the mm -hmm. company the state-owned company it's more I think there's more things going on, like because uh, well, not more things, but different different things. Like, of course, uh, being part of the uh, government as shareholder, you cannot escape from political dynamics at, of the country. Like, so you need to really make sure that that whatever you do aligns well with uh, with the bigger movements, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which can be can be good at times because uh, yeah, for example, if there is a good there's an initiative about digitalization from the mm -hmm. government, then we'll be the first to who supports that initiative, right? And then um, on the other hand, there's, I think, lots of, um, how do you call that? The, um, uh, the dynamics are faster, I think I would say, because um, in the private companies, people they tend to stay longer. Whereas in the government companies, then, then the turnover is a bit faster, right? Um, when the mm -hmm. government changed, then the, the directors normally change. <laughs> so uh, the challenge is to really create a system that could stay uh, uh, and that and that way of uh, thinking has to start from day one because uh, you know you can be working on this and then it, it you, you you can be not working on that next year <laughs> so uh, 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 we need to think about about that in mind like the, for example to what happens if I leave and someone else takes over mm -hmm. and and it, it needs to be there the, the the system needs to be able to accommodate the, the changes. Uh, of course, it, it 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 applies everywhere, right? But I think with government, it's faster. With government mm. company in Indonesia, right? to be specific, it's 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 uh, it's faster, and uh, and and that that creates different yeah different dynamics. Mm. So the other thing is the uh, yeah I think I think it's just the 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 how do you call it the the helicopter view needs to be wider because there are more stakeholders you need to <laughs> you need to handle like at the same time right which which I think for me personally I learned a lot because before mm. I never thought about it that way like especially as a startup founder starting from zero it's like you always focus on the business and fundraising but but that is really like oh shit there's so many so many so many different interests like how how do i make sure that everybody's interest is aligned like if i want to make something happen and i think that's a good skill to learn uh, uh, because yeah indonesia i think government involvement in indonesian business and economy is very it's relatively strong like not not like china but uh, i think compared to other similar economies i think we are very uh i recall that the um uh, once your business becomes bigger whatever the business is i mean there's it's impossible without 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 working closely with the government and 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 mm. and that that I think is a good uh, yeah it's a it's a good being in certain company is a good way to be exposed to that kind of dynamics I think because because yeah it's, certain company is not really government either like by structure you're actually a private company employee mm. but uh, it's just as a company happened to be owned by mostly and not 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 entirely but let's say fifty something percent by the government. And the rest by the public market, which again makes the dynamic even more interesting because there's also institutional investors, which are normally US-based institutions, financial institutions, and of course they also have their own interests, like, but mostly more financials, like whereas the government is can be political, and then and then and then yeah, I think I think it's uh, but I, I like doing that thing. I think it's fun because it adds lots of colors, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And um, right now. Uh, at Catalyst Partners, what are you looking at? Because you mentioned it's more on impact. Uh, yeah. What social impact uh, are you looking at? Is it uh, human impact or agricultural kind of impact? Or wh wh what kind of impact are you looking at? I think at? mostly, because uh, impact can be defined in so many ways. Like right now, uh, mm -hmm. for example, the uh, governments usually use UN SDG to, 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 to mm -hmm. define that. 
Yeah. And and uh, but to simplify things, normally the the impact are, are, are normally there are two types of impact, like the more environmental one and the more social ones. And both of them, of course, have to go hand in hand. Uh, I think the way I see it is the um, uh, right now the the most urgent challenge faced by 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 humanity is climate change, right? and because it affects mm-hmm. everyone wherever you are. And here, being in Indonesia, uh, we we have uh, let's say one of the largest reserve carbon reserve in our rainforest, yeah. and and, and the largest remaining rainforest is here among other few countries like Brazil and Congo, right? So, so I think I think those kind of themes we are really um, uh, uh, focusing on, in terms of uh, the deals, the companies that uh, uh, for forestry. I think from a financial capital type of investment, it's still not there in Indonesia. Maybe in other countries, yes, because like you need the technology that is scalable, right? Whereas in Indonesia right now, I think the biggest one of the biggest opportunity right now is on conservation projects. You go conserve um, uh, hundreds of hectares of rainforest, and then and then the monetization is through carbon credit. Right? To carbon credit, um, of course, we're awaiting the latest regulation on carbon credit. But carbon credit is the uh, is 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 one of the it's a very it's a very good incentive let's say uh, to 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 preserve the forest like instead of turning it into logging uh, area or into palm oil plantation or even worse into coal mining mining sites then uh, conserving it can actually generate um, interesting profits by doing good thing at the same time right. And the second one, of course, the social impact. Uh, social, I think, uh, of course, it's a classic story, like how to lift people out of poverty, how to give uh, equal opportunity to everyone, regardless of their gender, um, religious background, mm-hmm. social, uh, social, social, um, let's say, position, and so on and so forth. And mm-hmm. yeah, that one is, uh, I think, more. Uh, uh, it's, it's. Uh, there is more opportunity for platforms, like for example, the deal. One of the companies we. We we got in is um, it's a cooperative digitalization platform. Join is from Bali, and then they they are they uh, they are still one year old, a bit more, but managed to manage to let's say uh, process quite a considerable amount of assets managed by cooperative. Mm. And 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 yeah, those kind of deals. The other one is Agridesa. Agridesa is basically a platform as well that works together with farmers to 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 how do you call that to enable farmers to to increase their productivity, and we link it to the financial institutions and mm. offtake guarantees, uh, guaranteed offtakes of takers, and uh, and 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 yeah, the, the the angle is to to improve the livelihood of the farmers because right now there are so many. Middlemen in the value chain and the farmers always get the 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 always become the least um, uh, benefit uh, in the in the ecosystem. But by by simplifying by reducing the amount of middlemen, of course you cannot eliminate everything, yeah. and creating a more f- a fair trading model for the farmers. Mm-hmm. I think that is the that is that 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 will create a, a big social impact. For everyone, and and when that ecosystem is built, of course, the next thing is how to help farmers to to run their agriculture practices in a sustainable way. Right? For example, lose use use less pesticide, like um, mm-hmm. and then uh, in doing intercropping, and of course, uh, not not maybe doing agroforestry, not like uh, deforesting entire location, clearing the entire land for agriculture purpose. Uh, those kind of things, right? So, so there are two things that we're doing right now. One is the more, uh, let's say, the big project approach. Uh, the other one is the, yeah, typical like, like scalable business model with uh, venture capital type of funding, right? uh, and somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah, like like for example, we have a, a portfolio, a very interesting portfolio. It's a nutmeg based wine, wine. So we because what happens like with nutmeg fruit, nutmeg fruit is one of the Let's say spices that that define his history, right? Because that's where the spice trading and colonization starts. One of those because of that. But, but right now, it's not that popular anymore. But still, there's a there's a big market for the essential oil. What happened mm-hmm. is that essential oil only used the seed of the nutmeg, and the flesh is discarded. So what happened with the flesh, right? And then if you create a consumer product, the it's perishable. So what happened is that the flesh is uh, fermented and turned into wine, 
Mm. And uh, yeah, now, now we have the wine, and we uh, we we co uh, we partner with an existing wine producer to because mm. you need license like, to produce this stuff, and uh, and and but the brand is uh, our brand, our mm. brand, and then I yeah, hope to export it maybe to Philippines or something, <laughs> and maybe even do something similar in the Philippines and export it too because that model can be replicated, right? Mm. Uh, there's more alcoholic beverage, is more. How they call it? it it's uh, it's 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 getting fragmented. Like people start to it's developing its own niche, like new age beverage. We call it. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have that kind of companies in our portfolio, which is quite different, like from the from the typical mm-hmm. digital platform. But mm-hmm. but that can be. But the total digital market is global because yeah, once you have this product and then this product is in uh, the headquarters in Bali. Bali is a big tourist island, and mm-hmm. it's a good marketing. Uh, place to do marketing to global uh, consumers. Yeah. So, so yeah, those kind of things. You know. And also, like, I'm curious about um, the companies that are in your portfolio right now. I'm, uh, I'm assuming that there's a certain degree of success that they're experiencing. Like, uh, what drives these successes for the companies that are in your portfolio? I think it's. Um, it's the same thing, right? The uh, uh, same rule. Uh, of course, it's 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 uh, in reality it's more complex. Then, but the it's always the the timing and the and the follow the money rule. I think. Uh, uh, of course, you can you can build a business without fundraising, right? It depends on your style, but it's not this just not our style. I guess um, our style is more the 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 growth type of business, and growth of course requires funding, and uh, and and and. And I think I think because for by following the money you can be wrong. Like if you can attract uh, investment, then it's okay if you do things wrong. Yeah. Uh, as long as you have the good people, <laughs> as long as you have good people, and mm-hmm. and and we also learn it the hard way. Like sometimes we try to build it ourselves. It's it's build company ourselves, venture build. It's really mm-hmm. hard, I think, unless mm-hmm. there is uh, there is a good pipeline of uh, co-founders to join. Mm-hmm. But 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 it's always like you see when the right people is uh, is is leading the company, things always flow like uh, things always uh, get gets moving right. As long as it um, stays within the line of the where the where the investment money goes right. Mm. So what are these? Uh, sometimes, sorry. Mm, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, sorry. Uh, sometimes uh, you're saying sometimes it takes time to 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 get the right fit because maybe you start doing A and then you uh, you find out that hey you need to change to B and C and D mm. and to write the right to get the right component and and that's I think the uh, the 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 journey. Like of course we we've had the the things that didn't work as well uh, once mm. in a while and 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 need to cut the losses of course if that happens because mm. yeah as I said faster then you have a portfolio right so mm. you cannot expect everything go successful it's impossible mm. basically it just happens in in fantasy mm. uh, if you don't make any mistakes it means that you're not taking any and making risk. taking risk right? because investment mm. has it's basically taking risk right mm. and uh, and and but to have the right Allocation of portfolio, I think it's mm-hmm. uh, it's important because because then uh, you can have failures, but on the portfolio level, it's more diversified. That's why I think yeah. successful mm-hmm. inform- uh, entrepreneurs become richer than 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 venture capitalists, right? Because <laughs> it, yeah. it's all in, like all in, all in, mm-hmm. either all lose or all win, right? Whereas uh, the investor side only get a bit, but from any deal, so commission. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe the commission, but just as my minority share, like invest for ten percent share, for example, mm-hmm. you only get the uh, as much the, that as much, mm-hmm. but but many deal because uh, the risk is lower, I would say. Mm-hmm. But uh, once thing becomes successful, then 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 of course, it's only fair that that I think the uh, the the one that should enjoy the most is the uh, the entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. who's operating mm-hmm. the company. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about like um. Do- what what do you do? Do you set milestones with the companies that you invest in? Um, do you have what type of arrangement? What's the common form of arrangement you have with the companies in your portfolio? Uh, the simplest of, uh, arrangement, of course, we invest small amount and then uh, we uh, do more inf- than just investing uh, investor operator. I think that is the the simplest one. The the more complex one is that. We see a company. We need to change the company into something else, not something else, but to 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 re, we need to change the business model, for example, mm. or something. Because the company wants to grow. Like if the company doesn't want to grow, then then of course it's okay. But it's not really, uh, we cannot add value. 
uh, company wants to grow, and then the milestone is to that we can help to raise the follow-on investment mm. that we got in, and then uh, 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 we see that this needs to be needs to be polished. Uh, for example, there's one company that 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 works with. It's a SaaS company that now they're doing uh, their 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 metrics key metrics. Of course, uh, few few for those who are familiar, it's like MRR, like monthly recurring recurring revenue, and, recurring and annual, revenue yeah. annual recurring revenue. But for SaaS that serve the the long tail, the 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 gas route market, it won't make sense to use that kind of metrics because these company these these people won't be able to pay, and then the high touch approach is needed to acquire uh, those type mm-hmm. of customers so it makes more sense to 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 do a fintech model like and then uh, look at the funds dispersed and total total transactions and then get commission mm-hmm. on transactions it means mm-hmm. there's either big or nothing because if you're small then then you die. <laughs> you die you die if you're big only a certain volume allows the commissions to be mm-hmm. to be to be able to make the company profitable so you need to be aggressive so we changed the business model, the business model together, work together, help to change the business model. And mm-hmm. and yeah, it works. And yeah, hopefully we are yeah, of course in the in the in the fundraising process and and and, and I think yeah, soon we're gonna be closing quite a good amount. But um but yeah, that kind of transform transformative because sometimes there's a diamond in the rough, right? And then need to polish it and polish then, it yeah. So I think I think investor operator uh, is a is a good term because it's more than than a passive Role, mm, but uh, but again, we're doing that because because right now um, uh, we are focusing on the early stages, right? And then uh, mm. um, so so the so I think I think there's more how do you call it? There's more work that needs to be done. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And there's more great. value. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. And I yeah. yes. Um. And I think we have. Uh, Three minutes right before we end the show but before we end i'd like to um because we have some questions right from from our viewers um and i'd like to ask from uh some of the questions that they asked not all but some uh sure, first sure. question sure. yeah um what important lesson have you learned as a startup founder when you had to close your business uh i think lots of uh, of course first is to let go like it's hard to let go Something like even though things not working anymore, I think uh, 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 yeah maybe some of you guys who've done through the same process have uh, experienced this. But I think I think that is the mental state like to say that okay this because it's it's basically you you are the one who can decide. You can decide to to go as far as you want, but of course you need to start um, making decisions right. And and I think I think that is the the the, the biggest thing that I learned like to to really move on to the next. And then just uh, I recall it that uh, look positively at, at what just happened, and then use it as a learning process, like as a person, not as a company, not anymore because it's just done, right? But the company is just uh, ephemeral, like in in our lifetime. So life must go on without that. Like you have to let go of things, otherwise it will make us stuck in the past. I think I think it's more that like the rest is just technical. Like can read it in the book, I guess, <laughs> in the books about about what you learn when closing a company. Like I, like for example, you learn that uh, you know like uh, uh, I think the more technical one is that I started and uh, uh, something without really analyzing the, the 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 forces behind that. Because when you start a venture back company, you need to raise funds. Otherwise, yeah, it's it's kind of hard. Like if you don't, it's not the cash flow business model. Like it's a uh, so it means that the most important uh, analysis before starting the business, like how easy it is to raise funds, like uh, how, how how interesting it is to 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 how easy it is to sell to investor, and I think I think that that that's that part was missing as well. It was too driven by 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 my observation on the market, but not really by by the forces behind. Mm, the demand of it, right? Thank you so much, and I think you've answered. <laughs> Because that was their question, like, um, how do you assess if it's, uh, hold on, let me, let me just, how do you assess if the market that you're trying to serve as a startup is not mature yet? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, sorry, it's like, uh, so you mean like what, what, what to do uh, when the how market is mature yet? Yeah, how do you know if the market that you're trying to serve is not mature yet? Yeah. I think... I think you it's 
it's uh, uh, of course you cannot know 100% like but you can have the best guess like best guess i think by 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 easy principles of statistics like you 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 want to assume something like uh, is the market ready or not ready and then to be assured, uh, and then you, of course you cannot do survey of the entire population you have to pick a sample which is your early adopter in the startup way of doing business right you go to the mm-hmm. early adopter and then you test your solution in the early adopter like uh, are they ready for the solution uh, yeah. uh, of course, uh, after pivoting a couple of times, iterating a couple of times, maybe two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, find the right MVP or right? MVP, MVP works. Uh, and then the question is that how representative is the sample that you're seeing with the, from the entire uh, population, right? And, and there's always something in between, right? And then I think that is something that, 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 that I think many people make that mistake. Of course, it's a hard mistake to avoid, right? Because there's no way to understand everything uh, accurately. Uh, especially when uh, uh, using Jakarta as a sample for the entire uh, country, yeah, that is a bit hard because uh, uh, when you once you go a bit outside, for example, the internet connection sucks, and then okay, then you cannot you cannot sell something that requires high bandwidth. For example, the product has to be adjusted to low bandwidth, right? Uh, luckily, right now the internet is way better, I think, compared to back then. But but I, I think I think that way of uh, uh, just uh, how do you call that? The uh, following the logic of statistics, I think uh, it's the way to to be able to to come up with the best guess. And and usually as an investor, you also apply that framework, like see that if it's ready or not. Uh, how do the others fare? On for example, I, I was in one uh, very difficult portfolio, but but now I it's the right timing. It's agriculture. If you start agriculture tech in the in the in supply side a couple of years ago, it's hard. But now the farmers are younger. And uh, internet connection is better, and uh, government support it's much bigger. And and the off taker uh, before the off taker is more old school. Now the off taker are tech enabled companies which prioritize growth over margins, mm-hmm. and uh, and that 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 allows like our company for example Agresa to scale quickly because the we wouldn't be able to start that uh, last year, <laughs> but mm-hmm. this year it's okay. And, mm-hmm. It's really a matter of timing and. Um, looking at the behavior and observing your early adapters, right? That's the one. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because uh, sometimes the adapter is so different from the rest and 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 then you 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 run into trouble. Uh, the acquisition cost just becomes super high, mm-hmm. which, which okay, like, because if you do that, then if you're successful, it's like what happened with, I think, the right hailing giants. It's it's really hard to convert that that drivers into, but I think they they really used lots of money and and an amazing effort to do that, and then nobody can catch up. You know, like uh, uh, that's also possible. I think I think there is uh, uh, if it's not ready, you can make it ready by raise if you if you can raise amazing amount of funds, mm. then then you can change. Uh, uh, there are so many things you can change, right? And then and that becomes uh, unfair advantage like, for for you. Right? Mm. But of course, there needs to be a good balance. Right? If it's mm. if it's too ready, then there will be lots of players already, right? And then mm. the competition will be harder, right? Mm. Agreed. And I think um, the second question and the last one is about like you as an invest- investor. So when of course you look at companies to invest in, you always do the due diligence. So what do you usually look at? Uh, I think the same, like uh, same as as usual. Uh, normally, the the of course before like. Uh, uh, I think I think people is very important. Like so, so that's why things get subjective sometimes because you, the more comfortable you feel with that person, then 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 the more biased you are, like as a human being, which is normal because then you're gonna be doing partnership with with that person. So that's why I think uh, most things come from referrals because mm-hmm. referrals provide. Of course, it's not perfect, like because it, the the downside is that uh, uh, close yourself to other opportunities and. It's unfair for society, right? <laughs> but uh, but on the other hand, that's the easiest way I think to do things. And then uh, and after that, then 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 yeah, the uh, basically controllable for things and things that are not controllable, like things that are not controllable, is that market trend. And mm-hmm. we control market trends and and market trend, including investor market trend. So including mm-hmm. uh, what do investors want? Like I know, for example, quick commerce is hot everywhere. Now we have like so many quick-commerce startups like raising amazing amount of uh, rounds. But um, mm-hmm. why is it possible? Because the 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 trends are favorable for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the the uh, but of course uh, uh, to be pragmatic, I always usually 
I know, like uh, usually, usually choose a combination between that, like of course, following the money and something that I could contribute as a person or as a company. Like if I get in as a together with partners, then mm. what? Then then how can we add value? Like if we cannot really add that much value, then then you know, then then our money would would work less. Yeah. Right? Because we put uh, X amount of money, but that won't work much because we cannot really add value. But if we put value, it's it's give and take, right? Uh, give mm. more value, and then uh, everybody wins, right? Because we can uh, provide, like for example, in impact right now, and then if it's um, the the platform that can be implemented in conservation areas that we have con- connection with, then mm. then then our value is uh, we can add so much value, right? Uh, more than than any 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 money right now at this stage. Because then they can provide traction to to the startup. So I think I think yeah, that combination between external and internal factor, the controllable and uncontrollable factor, something like that. Yeah. Mm, which is a very very good answer, and it's also actually like a good way to close this session, this talk. Um, thank you so much, Rama, for being with us this afternoon. Thank, thank you, you also for the great value that you've given to our listeners, and I hope we can work together. Especially sure, sure. the government, yeah. and like I know that we're we're gonna be talking after this, um, after the live stream. So I think that's that. Uh, thank you so much, Vince. Thank you thank so you. much for thank you so thank much you. to everyone you who's um, here. You. See you next Friday. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you found that valuable. Please head to our Facebook page at Startup Island PH for more details.